Welcome to Generation Podcast, where we have real conversations about how God is working through this generation. Welcome back to episode three, everybody. How are we, Sam? Mate, I am isolated in my office. We are separated. We are still good. For the first time in history, not together. Unbelievable. How good is technology? It is very odd. We live in the future. But how good's technology? Yes, seriously. And just quietly. Hopefully, this sounds as good to the listeners. Hopefully, we haven't dropped off in quality. (laughs) Well, the content's not going to drop off. It's just the sound quality, right? (laughs) All right. All right. I hope not. Now we've got to live up to that. So well, well, you see. told me you told me to back myself last week, so I'm backing myself. So. <laughs> I backed that. I backed that. I, backed <laughs> I apologize in advance if my dog runs in and barks. Yes. So. He, he's currently occupied with a lamb's ear. That should get him take him about an hour to get through. Yeah. But we'll see. So we'll see. So strap yourselves in for the next hour, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Absolutely. As we said, we're coming from you coming to you from two different locations. Myself and Ben are in his house, and then Sam is in his office. To so fulfill we are the regulations. In. Absolutely. So, we are, so it's all. Awesome. So, um, this episode, we're looking at the idea of intimacy with God when you don't feel Him. Mm. And now we know this is a huge issue. And I think, I think all of us have been through that exact feeling, either if it's once in our life or maybe it's more than once, because. There's always those times where you're, maybe you, your spiritual life is just feeling dry or you, you just can't feel God. And so that's what we're going to be looking into. So, Sammy, when, we, when we're thinking about this subject and this idea of not feeling God, what do we actually mean? Yeah, I think that is such a good question <laughs> because we have to start by saying when we say something like, hey, I just don't feel God right now, as as we've been pressing into this, I'm going, what do we mean when we say that? Like, I yeah. get it. I get what, and I've said that myself, and I get why we say that. But what, when we say, I don't feel God, what do we mean? Because what does he feel like? Exactly. What I, should we be feeling? We can't literally feel God with our hands, right? It's not, he's right. not tangible. So what does he feel like? Yes. And so there's, there's common sayings and common sentences that people usually say, you know, I know God, but I just don't feel him. Or mm. I just don't feel the fire. I'm not on fire right now. That is yeah. the biggest Christian jargon of all time. Because what the <laughs> heck fire. does that even mean? Good, good. But I, you know? I get what people are saying. You know what I mean? Because I have said that before and yes. I have felt a sense of dryness in yeah. seasons of life. And I've definitely been through periods of time where I quote unquote can't feel God. However, as I've matured and particularly as we've thought about this podcast, I'm asking myself the question of what am I expecting him to feel like? Maybe it's me that's off on expectations and yeah. not God. Yeah, exactly. And this is a huge issue as we're saying. And before we launch into it, you might be listening to this podcast because you've come into it and maybe you're, you're in this season right now. So off straight off the bat, before we get into launching into this conversation, we just want to say that, you know, reach out to someone, reach out to us and we can walk through this journey together. But this whole topic, this whole idea of not feeling God is something that we all go through. And so we want to say off the bat that if, that, if it's you right now, then we hope that this next half an hour, 40 minutes can be really pivotal in your spiritual life. 
So when we look at the whole idea of feeling God, as you said, what does he feel like? But we have some ideas of what he does not feel like. I think the first thing we need to we need to ascertain here is God does not feel like shame. Right. Yes. And so what when when we typically when we feel shame, Sam, what why why are we feeling that? Yeah, shame is something that is connected to identity and shame is different to guilt. So guilt is this idea of I've done something wrong and shame is this feeling of I am a bad person. And sometimes we feel shame in regards to our relationship with God, particularly if you act out repeatedly in something, you just feel really bad about yourself and you think, man, being in the presence of God makes me feel ashamed. I feel devalued. I feel small. I feel gross. I feel dirty in his presence. Now, the the interesting thing about God is that God does not make you feel ashamed because Shame and accusation is actually from the enemy, from Satan, uh, not God. So when you're in the presence of God, he's not going to tell you, hey, you're a dirty, rotten sinner and I really don't like you. He's going to say, you're my child. I desperately love you. Come close to me. This doesn't define who you are. I want to wash you clean. Don't you remember that I made you white as snow? So if you're ever feeling ashamed, that's not what God feels like. Yeah. So that's one thing. Exactly. So we know that God does not feel like shame. So the opposite of that, what does what does God feel like? And we have a clear sense of the character of God, and it's really based around love, joy, and peace. Yeah. Right? And so when we're thinking about what does God feel like, if he, essential to his character is love, joy, and peace, then it's feelings of love, joy, and peace. Yeah. Do you want to flesh that out a little bit or...? Yeah, definitely. Uh, one one thing I want to backtrack a little bit, Josh, if I can, and say when um, I think we get this idea in our heads of what it what God feels like from mountaintop experiences. So, yeah. say for example, we go to a conference and we feel like we're in the presence of God in a special way. You know, that's we've just been in in the Word of God with people, just like He's been speaking to us for maybe a week, and we have all of these elevated positive emotions. Um, we're, we're happy, we're excited, we're filled with hope and faith and joy. And we're also just filled with adrenaline from this just awesome experience of being with thousands of God's people. Um, maybe it's a camp, it's that camp high kind of feeling. And I've, I sense that a lot of the times we connect that and say, that's what God feels like. That's what he should feel like. God feels like camp high. God feels like conference high, you know? And um, I think a lot of that is true because God does feel like a lot of those things. Um, but the problem is when we're not at cloud nine, when we're not on the mountaintop and we're actually in the middle of a valley, we say that we don't feel God, but maybe we don't realize that God also feels like patience and long-suffering and like sturdiness and an anchor, you know? And, and we said this before, like an anchor is something you don't see in the yeah. middle of the storm that roots you and grounds you. Yeah. So I think in order to really figure out how to have intimacy with God, 
when we don't feel him, what we need to do is change our expectations on what God feels like, get a picture, uh, get a better picture of what he should feel like. And then we might realize that it's not a, a lack of the presence of God. It's just my circumstance. Yeah. Exactly. Does that make sense? Exactly. So in order to answer your question, like in terms of what does God feel like in a positive sense, love, joy, peace, um, you know, you're getting that from Galatians chapter yep. five, the fruit of the spirit, right? Correct. Bing. You're a pastor, you know it. Bing. Bang. Bing. <laughs> now, um, what's interesting about that fruit of the spirit is the way that that works makes a lot of sense of how God should feel to us because... A lot of people think that the fruit of the Spirit is a, a collected assortment of character traits that we should be ascribing or, or aiming our lives toward. And that's actually not what Galatians 5 is talking about at all. When you say the fruit of something, what it means is, and it's fruit, singular, not plural. It's not fruits of the Spirit. It's nice. fruit of the Spirit. It's like and revelation, the that- revelations. Sorry. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the reason that that distinguisher is really important is because when you say the word fruit, you're meaning product. So for example, if you plant an orange tree, Josh, you should expect the fruit of that orange tree to be oranges. Correct. If if you plant an apple tree, you expect the fruit of that apple tree to be apples. Yep. Um, if, if you play video games for 10 hours a day, you should expect the fruit of your labor to be being really good at Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which by the oh. way is an amazing game. Like Ben is right now. At my PSN, hook'em underscore JKL. <laughs> <laughs> go, go play some with Ben. Mine's a hair regular underscore Oh, that's who something. added me. I was wondering who that was. That was me. Yeah, so I sent you a friend request. Anyway, so do you get what I'm saying? So it is actually saying the fruit of the Holy Spirit... Or in other words, the product of the Holy Spirit is always peace, patience, kindness, goodness. So in other words, when the presence of God through the power of the Holy Spirit is in your life, the product of Him being present will always be these, I think it's 12 things. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does that kind of make sense? That's the thing, right? Some, we want to feel these positive emotions like love, joy, and peace every single day. But yeah. there's going to be some days where, you know, we don't feel that. But mm-hmm. that, doesn't not ne- that doesn't necessarily mean that God is not dwelling inside of you. Yeah. It might mean that you, that's a season of patience, right? Is that yeah, what you're trying good. to say? Yeah. And so... Well, it's more a sense of like, that's who God is. Yeah. Because the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the character of God in you. Because Jesus makes you more like him through the Holy Spirit. So that's it's it's a little bit complicated the way we're articulating this. <laughs> but essentially it's like the 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 presence of God and the character of God is expressed in the Holy Spirit who's always present with you. And when the Holy Spirit is present, there is always on tap um those things, the fruit of the Spirit. So you say sometimes we don't feel them like peace and joy and love. However, just because we don't feel it, and this is where we're getting to, doesn't mean it's not present. Correct. Or able to be tapped into. Exactly. And I'm going to use this analogy of the love I have with Beck, my wife. Yeah. I know Beck loves me and Beck knows that I love her. But some days I come home and I don't feel that love. Maybe because I'm shutting off and I've had a bad day and 
and she may not feel that love from me. But at no point do we question the love that we have for each other. Right. You know, there's some days that we come home and we are feeling the love and it's awesome. We're like, yes, this is great. But there's other times where we don't feel that. But in those yeah. times, we, we don't question the love that we have because we know the truth is that she loves me and I love her. And that's where we're yeah. get, getting to with this podcast. The fruit of the spirit is always love. That doesn't mean that when you don't feel it, it's not there. It is there and it is able to be tapped into. Maybe we just need some reorienting of your heart. Yeah, that's really good, Josh. So, you know the saying faith over fear? Yeah. That's been going around with COVID-19. Um, there's another saying faith over feelings. Um, and it's this idea of what are we what are we elevating to God's status? Are we elevating faith in God or fear? Which which one are we worshiping? Now, I want to press into this idea of faith over feelings. Yes. Um, because what you have said in that is even when I don't feel that Beck loves me, I have faith that she does. Yes. Which means you are elevating something that you know about Beck's character over your experience of her. And you're saying, I believe that the fact that Beck loves me is more true than the fact that I don't feel that she loves me. And cool. that's where we need to come into our relationship with God and say, right now, and I, I think that it's okay to, to, to say this, I don't feel that God loves me. Because there are many situations in life where we don't feel loved by God. And maybe a lot of people are in that place right now. And maybe you're listening to this and you've been really impacted by the effects of coronavirus. Um, maybe you've lost your job. Maybe your parents have lost their job. Maybe you're in a real financial ditch. And if you're honest, you're pretty frustrated with God because you don't see any foreseeable way how this is Him loving you. And you would say, God, if you loved me, you wouldn't have let this happen to me. And we can expand that out for a thousand different instances where we cry out to God, even though I don't see it right now, I do believe that you still love me. And I think that's where we start to elevate faith in the character of God over how we feel. And that's really where we want to get to with this idea of how do you have intimacy with God when you don't feel it? Faith. Sintra is so much more classy than the other one. It is. So classy. Do we like it better? It's good. I just imagine myself playing bass the whole time, even though I can't Ooh. play any musical <laughs> yeah, instrument least, ever. At least musical guy, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Um, we're going to have a little break, um, and we're going to have another week of um, Proverb Shmobab. How does everyone think the game's going? I feel like it's going well. I think that's going well. Two weeks in, and it is... Um, it's, 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 it's I'm going to say it's 1-0 because last week was, last week was a draw. I, I, got, I, I technically should have won that because I got it in first. Okay. Okay. No. Yes. It's a draw. We can think about it. Uh, um, this week's... You said you'd ask the people. You, um, you never asked the people. No, I didn't. I've organized something a little bit special. Okay. Wow. We have a guest quiz master. No. <gasps> no, hopefully this works. I have them on the line. No, no you, you don't. So let's see if this works. <laughs> Who is it? Uh, are you there? Yes. Got oh my gosh! <laughs> Who is this? Is that Beck? About... Yeah. Oh what? Hey Beck. Hey guys, good to be on the show. Hey, Beck, can you hear Sam? Yeah. 
Oh, it's great. Okay, the technology hey, worked. Hey, honey. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, We're the least honey couple Bex ever. joined us for this week's episode <laughs> of Proverbs Schmoverbs, um, which is appropriate because you actually talked about her. Bex doesn't know this, but you've actually talked about her a lot in the first half of this episode. Yes, I have. Mm. You're welcome, Beck. All good things, Beck. <laughs> very good things. He feels very loved by you. Great. Um, Beck, you have pre-prepared this week's proverb for us. Yes. All right, and do you want to hit us with it and we can kick off? Right. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I'll say it again. Oh, I've heard a, this before. Oh, no. This bird, is good. No, this is good. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I've definitely heard it before. Did you text me, Josh? Or? Do I text Beck or Ben? Text. Wait, do you want them to text me, Beck, or do I want to text you? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I'm easy. Okay, text me. <laughs> text Ben. A bird in the hand is two in the bush. Oh, I've heard it before, but I just don't know what it means. Yeah, I know. I'm in the same boat. This could I've be another never heard time. This before. You heard last week's. I'd never heard last week's. I don't. I don't listen to many. You gotta get. You, you gotta get out more. <laughs> Not at the moment. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, I'm in. I'm getting that bonus point. I've got no idea. Hold on, I haven't even started writing. The problem is, I vaguely think I know what it's about, but stop I just talking. I'm not I articulate. Need to listen. Right, we'll take your headphones off. He's not here in the room. You take your headphones. Yeah, just off, mute me. Can't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> Josh has got how's thinking face going, on. He can't hear us, so let's just talk some trash. <laughs> Beck, yeah. How's Arso going? Yeah, Beck, you're in isolation. So tell us about that. How are you going as an extrovert? I'm I'm not traveling well. No, neither. But um, you know, you just get to know the home. You get to know the cobwebs, the stains, you know? All kinds of things. <laughs> the walls. <laughs> yeah. The good spot on the couch. Exactly. You kinda make a bit are of Are you glue. watching anything on Netflix that you'd you'd like recommend? Um, I haven't watched Tiger King yet, but I hear that's all the rage. I also hear that's all the rage. It doesn't seem to appeal to me, though. No, neither. Yeah. Josh, when you are ready, this is rich from you. Okay, this is... All right, Becky, you ready to I've got, adjudicate? I've got no idea. Sam, you've already won this. That, okay. that was terrible. Sam has said something you have obtained is better than one you haven't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not great. Josh has said having the physical object with you is better than the theoretical idea. I reckon Josh's is closer... Um, nah. to you, so. I'm going to go with Sam. What? Sam wins. No, 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 no way. No, it's 2-0. Read it, read it, read it. I'm going to say Sam's again. Something you have obtained is better than one you haven't. Josh said having the physical object with you is better than the theoretical yeah, idea. And what's Beck, the... what's the meaning? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Is this saying that it's better to hold on to something one has already than to risk losing it yes. by trying to attain something better? Sam wins. Oh, Sam. Uh, so, Josh, but... I don't know that I fully understood that. <sighs> Sorry, Josh. It's basically Thanks what I said. Back. Like, I've taken no the worries, W man. again on that. We'll you know what's great is being Josh Man in something competitive. You've been a great guest. Congratulations. Thanks. Sam. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Beck. See you later. Bye. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to touch on that later in, in the podcast. But yeah. when we don't feel God, 
the thing that often we do, and I've done this numerous times, is we try and we try and do Christian things in order to mm. get that feeling back. You know, we try and work to earn that feeling. Wow. And to me, that's just crazy. I do it all the time when I don't feel God. But when you really think about it, that is really ironic because the whole point of the gospel is you can't earn your salvation. Yeah. So why do we then think we can earn a feeling? That's really we good, can, Josh. We can do things to have intimacy or greater you know, intimacy with God. You know, that's how idolatry works, isn't it? Because yeah. an idol will say to you, hey, work hard in order to earn from me. And feelings will say, hey, if you work really hard, you'll get me. And that's how any idol works. That's how religion works. If you sow here, if you um, invest here, then you will reap what you're worshiping. And that's that lie and that trap that we fall into. You're so right. If we just could work harder and stop being such a dodgy Christian and start being better and reading our Bible every day yeah. and saying our prayers, then we'd feel good and we'd exactly. feel God again. And, and that's you know, just religion. And, yeah, and to be honest, as a leader, I have you know, told that to, to people. <laughs> you know, Students right. have come to me and goes, I just don't feel God. And I've said, I'll go read your Bible. And yeah. now I'm sitting, I'm sitting back and thinking, you know, that was a terrible thing to say. Yeah, what yes, would you say now? Yeah, good question. Great question. Very good question. <laughs> Damn, you've got me on the spot. <laughs> Very good question. No, well, I think what I'd say is just know the truth of the gospel. Yeah. Know the truth of God's character. God's character is one of love, one of grace, one of mercy, and his character never changes. The thing that does change is our heart. The thing that does change is our character. So yeah. maybe when someone, when we're feeling like this, we've got to really ascertain, we've got to take a step back and think, okay, well, who's who's moved in this situation? Yeah, it's good. God um, hasn't so, moved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God hasn't moved. So if someone had come to me now and says, well, what do I do, Josh? What do I do, Mr. Man? Because I'm a teacher. Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say, know the truth of who God is and lean into that. And yes, leaning into God's truth is reading the word. But the whole point of that is to understand the truth. Yeah. Not your feelings. Press into the truth. Don't press into feelings. Because when we press into feelings, as you said, it almost turns into idolatry. And we're not we're not saying this to try and beat you down when you're already maybe you're not feeling God, but we've got, we're saying this because we've gone through this. And if yeah. we're honest, I think society and even the church in the West, now this is a huge statement, maybe idolizes feelings a bit too much. <laughs> Focus that's, on that's fair to say. Focusing on feelings a bit too much. What do you mean by that? Um, I think that um, the the whole idea of this the phenomenon of not feeling God is because I th um, we've got caught up in the whole idea of when our spiritual life is going well, we're feeling a positive feeling. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's because of the messages that we have said as leaders in a church. Um, you know what? If your if your life is going well, then you're really on fire, and we we got to be on fire for God. Sure. And the whole saying of on fire for God, what does that even mean? No one knows what that means, but everyone tries mm. to get that. Yeah. And in doing that, I think we're elevating feelings over the truth of the gospel. Does that you're make right. Sense? It it makes a lot of sense. And there's so much to unpack in what you've oh, just said because exactly. I think it really gets at one of the the hearts 
of Christian immaturity. Because I think as you mature as a Christian, as you build a history with God, you go through those really difficult moments and you and you realize that he's still with you in it. And then when you look back, you go, okay, being a being a good Christian or being someone that really has a great relationship with the Lord doesn't mean great mountaintop moments all the time. He's with yeah. me in the valley because I remember that he was. Um, and I think, you know, something... Something to press into that is like, how how should and I want to go back to that question of what what would you say to someone who's uh, who comes and says, hey, I'm really not feeling God right now. What do I do? Because I want to let's take that as a hypothetical person that's listening and let's minister to them. Um, this is how I would minister to someone, and I think you've you've done a good job, Josh. So. Tick, tick of approval. <laughs> no, no, not, not quite good enough, which is why we're revisiting it. <laughs> yeah, I want to press I want to press into it a little bit more. So what you have done is really helpful um, because the tendency is to give people a list of things to do, which is works-based righteousness and say, hey. Because people, people want a list. They come to you want wanting a list. A list. They're yeah. like, what do I so, do to get out of my rut? Um, yes, exactly. And what they need is to remember the truth about God because the reason that they don't feel him is because they've forgotten the truth about who he is. And so what I feel like we need to do as leaders when people come to us and say, I don't feel God, is actually instead of telling them to go home and read their Bible, I actually want to remind them of some truths in that moment that come from the word of God and say, hey, I know you don't feel him right now, but you know, God, the Bible says, is like a mighty tower and a fortress and an ever-present help in times of trouble. And right now you're in a time of trouble and it probably feels like God is not with you. But I want you to know the truth of the Bible, the truth about who God is, is that he hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. And that's a promise that you can take hold of that even though you can't feel his presence right now, I want you to root your faith in the truth that he has not left you. And what's going to happen is as that person hears truth, they're going to start to feel settled and they still might not feel good, but they might feel God. And I think that's where we want to get people to is God doesn't necessarily always just feel good. But sometimes all you need to know is his presence is with you yeah, and he's reliable and he never leaves you and he never changes. So yeah, that's okay. what I think we need to do is actually help people understand the character of God because in a, in a weird way, it's like, well, where do we find that truth in the Bible? So it's like to a degree, <laughs> yeah, go home and read your Bible Yeah, is kind of but, a good thing to do. But it needs to be more pastoral. It needs to be way more pastoral. Instead yeah, of being a yeah. works thing, we need to say, hey, the yeah. Bible tells us that God is actually like this. Yeah. Exactly. And to walk alongside that person yeah. for the foreseeable future. You know, don't just send them a list and go, go home and do that and it'll be right. And we'll know, mm-hmm. walk alongside them, pray with them on a, on a weekly, you know, fortnightly basis, whatever it is, but do yeah. and walk alongside them. And then that, that brings me to another idea of when, when people feel like this, they can often shut off from the church and yes. they can, you know, that's another way they respond. They go, oh no, I don't, feel God. So God mustn't be there. So I'm going to run away from church. Um, and I think that's a, a big reason why a lot of people, when they finish year 12, mm-hmm. um, fall away and, and don't attend church and don't uh, really press into their relationship with God is because that feeling that 
um, community that they've built around in youth is now gone. It's a post. Yeah. It happens a lot. I thought like when we were growing up in a post camp thing, the prayer at the end of camp was always, "God, I feel that we. I pray that as we go out into our weeks from now on, we feel this fire for forever." Yeah, and it's like yeah. I feel like that's not realistic. You're not going to be able to feel like this no. forever. Yeah, exactly. And the reason why you can't feel like that forever is because there's a whole lot of things that are happening in that camp week that you just can't replicate. Yeah, right. You can't, you cannot replicate that. You can't replicate 500 people in a room every single day, absolutely sold out to worshiping God and and learning about the Bible, then splitting off into groups and um, getting into the Word into smaller groups mm-hmm. and splitting up again into smaller groups. You can't replicate that. Yeah. Um. And so I think that's the danger that we try and that's the prayers. We want to we want to keep that feeling every single day, but it's just not going to be possible because you can't replicate those things. Yeah, and also life is unpredictable and tumultuous. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's hard to feel good when your grandma has passed away. And yeah. that almost doesn't have anything to do with your relationship with God, but it's just the circumstances are going to make you feel really bad and you know, your habits and your rhythms might not have changed at all, but you might go, hey, I really don't feel yeah. you right now, God. And it's exactly. not because you haven't worked hard enough. It's because something really hard happened to you. And it's okay, it's okay to wrestle with that, with God yeah. and say, I don't feel you. I, where are you? I don't feel, I feel hurting. And I, yeah. I don't know, Christians, are we supposed to feel hurting? Aren't we supposed to be like peace, patience, joy, kindness, like <laughs> fist pumps all day? <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. And so if you are listening to this and you're struggling, the key message that we want to say before we go on is is don't run away. Yeah. Don't make this as an, an excuse to run away. Please don't run away. You need to talk to someone about it. You need to disclose this to someone so that they can walk alongside with you. That's really, really important because I think as well, because the church is so much, oh, feelings, yes, mm. that when we don't feel like that, we can feel ashamed to go to church. Because like, oh, I don't feel like that. I don't fit in to that culture. Don't think like that. Don't run away. Tell someone so that they can journey alongside with you. So yeah, thinking really of good. it, moving from the hypothetical, Sam, mm-hmm. into real life scenarios, you went through a period of your life where you legitimately didn't feel God. Yeah. And you touched on this uh, in the first episode. Do you want to briefly talk us through that and how you dealt with mm-hmm. that. And then we're going to get into, you know, what is the truth? Yeah, absolutely. So probably about four years ago, I went through a season of depression and anxiety and it basically kind of hit me in one single moment out of the blue, like a ton of bricks. I remember sitting in my in my bedroom um, at home on a beanbag and it was, that's like how specifically I kind of remember it was the afternoon and I was doing fine. I was just chilling out. And then suddenly just like a bolt of lightning, it was as if all hope had been sucked out of my soul. Like I just stepped into a vacuum and instantly went into a panic attack. And I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what to do. I'd never felt anything like that before. And so I just walked outside and I was pacing up and down a street, like going, what is happening? What is happening? The only way I can describe it is if you've seen Harry Potter and <laughs> you've seen those scenes where the Dementors just like come up to you and suck your soul out of your body. Like that's yeah. literally how I felt. It was as if yeah. a Dementor had just come and sucked the hope out of my soul. 
And um, what it was, was a panic attack. And um, it actually didn't really subside for about two years. And I very quickly, because it was so bad, um, you know, I lost my job. I, I went to work the next day and I just threw up because I was so anxious and I had to go home. So I lost my job and I was just at home all day, every day in a ball on the couch, shaking with fear for two years. And it very, very nearly broke me as a person. Um, but the interesting implication of that was I couldn't feel quote unquote God. I was so used to having all of these positive emotions attributed to my relationship with God. And yet I didn't feel any positive emotions, period. And so it, it the sense that I had was I don't feel God. And the interesting thing was that when I thought about God, I felt more anxious. And when I prayed, I felt more anxious because the anxiety attached itself to a fear that God didn't exist. Um, and that all didn't make sense to me. And so I, I went to a psychologist very quickly, which can I just say, if you're going through depression and anxiety, see a psychologist as soon as you possibly can, because um, they really, really help. And so I saw a psychologist and he broke it down. He said, look, this is what's going on in your brain. And this is why you can't feel God. He was a Christian guy and he said, anxiety is a mechanism that's broken. It's the fight or flight switch in your brain that says, there's a lion, fight it, like fight it or run away from it. Um, but with anxiety, it's broken. There is no lion. It's not grounded in any reality. And so because it's not grounded, your brain will search for the riskiest thing in your life and it will make you anxious about that. And for me, the riskiest thing in my life was does God exist or not? And so anxiety just lashed itself onto that. And what it meant was anytime I thought about God or prayed, I felt terribly anxious. And so for about two years, I had in my brain no chemical way for God to bring good feelings into my um, limbic system. So like just at a neurological level, I could not feel him. And so what I had to do was I had to, and I journaled every single day for two years. That's where my journaling habit started. And I, my psychologist said, I want you to write down in one column what you believe about God and in the other column what anxiety is telling you. And I want you to cognitively choose with your prefrontal cortex what you believe about God. And so for two years, my relationship with God was built off what a prefrontal cortex no feelings involved, chose to believe about who he was, even though I felt nothing but pain. Wow. And, and that was that was the, how you got through that period. That was how I got through that period with wow. um, a lot of psychology. Um, and can I just say what I learned about that was that God does not equal good feelings. I have never felt that close to God in my life because I've never spent that much time pursuing him as desperately. Um, yeah. And what I learned was God is not far away when I feel terrible. He's actually yeah. really close when I feel terrible. Like yeah, I'm actually exactly. like almost tearing up as I'm saying this because I'm just remembering how I, I honestly, sorry, I really didn't think I was going to get through it. I genuinely thought this is the rest of my life and my faith can't handle this. You know, and I was crying out every night, God, I can't do this. I can't handle it. I can't take this pain. I, 
you know, and I don't want this to be triggering for anyone, but it was bad, man. And then God did not give up on me. He was there like the whole time, every single day he was there and he would just give me scripture verses that just reminded me that even though I didn't feel it, he was reminding me that he was there and he didn't leave me. And that was just like a a string of hope, like a thread of hope. And all I needed was a thread to hold on. Exactly. Because the the truth of the matter is that our feelings don't qualify or disqualify us from being a Christian. No. What we feel doesn't doesn't disqualify us from having a relationship with God, from having intimacy with God. Yeah. It's purely faith in Christ. And so what you just disclosed, and thank you so much for sharing that. It was it was awesome to to hear that story. But the way you got out of that is because you cognitively chose mm. to believe in faith. Yeah. To pursue faith, the truth of the gospel. Yeah. And so when we cognitively believe to choose faith and choose the truth of the gospel, we need to just continually say that over our lives. And I think um, one of the one of the easiest verses, or not easiest verses, one of the, the key verses in this is, is Hebrews 6, 19 to 20. And we've briefly touched on it, but Sam, can mm. you read that out? Hebrews 6, yeah. 19 to 20. Yeah, so it says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Oh, that is one of the greatest verses in the Bible, so much so yeah. that I I named... Um, Lunch, a lunchtime group out of... I thought you were about to say I named our child or something. Yeah, <laughs> my anchor. kid's going to be Anchor. Yeah, <laughs> little, little Anchor Man coming at you. Anchor Man. September cool. 1. Anchor Man. Anchor Man. <laughs> anchor Girl. You're having a girl, bro, not a boy. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I know, but my last name, Anchor Man. Last man's oh, that's anyway. cute. Oh, that's cute. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Come on. Get on our Sorry, wavelength mate. Sorry, mate. But this verse, Hebrews 6... We have this hope as an anchor for ourselves, firm and secure. That's Ooh. a that's the name of a lunchtime group that I ran when I was a, a chaplain. At, firm at and secure, the lunchtime group. Yeah, no, it's called Anchor Bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when, when we think about anchors, the, way, the reason why I love this verse, because when we think about anchors, anchors do their best work when you don't see them. Mm-hmm. When Preach anchor it, Josh. Is, when an anchor is on your boat... It is not doing its job. You can see the anchor, but it's not doing its job because its job is to go into the, down into the ocean and link you to the earth underneath the ocean, right? And so when anchor is on the boat, you can see it, but it's not doing its job. And when we can't see the anchor and when we can't see this hope, we can't see God, sometimes we fall into this trap of saying, God, where are you? God, I can't feel you. But that doesn't change what God is actually doing. No, because God is holding you firm and secure like an anchor. Oh, that is good. Okay, let's riff on that because this is such a helpful analogy. What the Bible is saying there is you're so right. Anchor, like your faith anchors you in God. Like God, the presence of God is like the sea floor and you are the boat. What anchors you, what connects you to the truth and the the reality of who God is, is your faith. So it's like this hope, this faith anchors you so it's like root yourself into the truth and the presence of god through faith and what i i was gonna say what i love is um (laughs) you know that this this zoom thing is is making us cut over (laughs) each other it's not us being rooted zoom so um you know that that analogy of a train 
going going down a track, a really long train, and we say, you know, faith is the engine and faith faith is an engine and feelings are a carriage. If you set your faith on the track, your feelings will eventually follow. And I love that analogy because when you think about a train, it's like, it's so cool how no matter where the engine is up the road, the the feelings always follow exactly where the faith engine went. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I love that about trains. It's like super cool. But I love that analogy because <laughs> it's like, if you set your faith in the right direction, which is yes. oriented towards the truth about who God is, eventually, maybe your feelings are 20 carriages down the road. Maybe your your feelings are 30, which what means is like, maybe it's not going to be one month. Maybe it's going to be two years before you rev- your feelings eventually catch up to where your faith is. But eventually yeah. you're going to get through it. The storm will pass and your feelings are going to follow where you oriented your faith. And you're going to feel, not just know that God is good, you know, yeah. and you're, you're not going to feel, not just know that he is peace and love. Yeah. You know what? There's an awesome saying that um, our school put up on their notice board when this whole COVID-19 stuff started to happen. And it was this too shall pass. Mm. And that is just so key to remember that when you're feeling like this, when you or when you're not feeling God, the truth is that this too will pass. Yeah. You just need to go lean into the faith that you have in God. That's good. And it will it'll it'll hold you firm and secure, just like an anchor. I and feel like there's someone that really needs to hear that right now who's who's in that place of feeling yeah. like it's not going to pass, that this is their yeah. lot in life, that they're going to be wrestling with this, battling with this for the rest of their lives. And if that's you, I just feel like even God wants to say to you exactly that this season will pass. This difficulty, this trial will be over and you will have joy in the presence of God with dancing and praises again. And I love that Psalm. I think it's Psalm 43 that says, why my soul are you downcast? I will yet praise him. And I love that because sometimes we have to preach to our souls. Hey, soul, stop being sad because there is a day coming when I'm going to praise his name again because he's faithful and he's good and he's going to bring me through this. Yeah. This too shall pass. Yeah. And the reason why it does pass is Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from God. Mm. Not even our feelings. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And that's what we need to remember. That's the truth that we have to hold on to. That's the thing that we have to step out in faith and say, you know, no matter what I'm feeling like, nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's good, bro. and, and these feelings will pass. You need to understand that. And so practically, why is intimacy greater than these feelings? Why is, intimacy, why is intimacy greater? Well, we've already talked about it. God is the source of these things. Yeah. God is the source of love, of patience, of these positive feelings. So why do we need to run to intimacy? Because surely we just need to run to the source, mm. right? Yeah, I agree, bro. And I think it's it's that idea of intimacy with God transcends feelings. You can have intimacy with God in the midst of any season of life. And sometimes intimacy with Him looks like rejoicing and praising 
and giving him thanks for all of the amazing things that he's doing. And sometimes intimacy looks like being raw and real and saying, God, I don't see it. I don't get it. I don't feel it, but I'm still coming to you. Yeah. Well, in in your story, you were so intimate with God, yet you did not feel him at all. Yeah. You were in tears pretty much every night, but you were still intimate with God. Yeah. And can I say, like, that is where you learn intimacy with God. I think it was, um, I can't remember if it was C.S. Lewis or or Spurgeon that said, um, God whispers in in your good times and yells in your hard times. And that's, that's really true because it's in those difficult moments where you just go hard after God, your faith is stretched and tested. That's where you build history with him. And that's where you go deep. And that's when, that's the foundation that God is probably building in you. Like he's allowing you to go through this because he's building something in you. He has the power to just take you out of it. So it's like, and sometimes that's really hard and that makes us frustrated with God because we go, I know you have the power to take me out of this situation. Why don't you just do do it already? Yeah, just do it. And I look back on that season of life, Josh, and I look back on other seasons of equally difficult moments and I thank him. I thank him for not the situation because it was from the devil, but I thank him for not pulling me out of it too soon because of what he taught me about himself um, and how he rooted me and anchored me in his presence. And that stays with me. I still have that anchor that was cast in that storm. Wow, that's so good. And so if, you are, if you're feeling about this right now, there's three things that we want to say to you. There's three things that we want to practically say over your life. And that is firstly, preach the truth to yourself. Mm. Know the character of God. Know that his love never fails, that nothing can separate you from the love of God and that this too shall pass. Know that truth. Second thing is remind yourself that God understands your situation better than you do. God actually understands it because Jesus went through it. Mm. Jesus went through this feeling, this feeling of God worry. Think of the Garden of Gethsemane. We we know we we remember this story. We know this story, but have we actually thought about that? Mm. That feeling that Jesus had in the Garden of Gethsemane. He literally felt like he was alone mm. on the cross. God, why why have you forsaken me? You know, we can never understand that feeling of separation that Jesus went, because that is like the whole Trinity thing. That is <laughs> how can Jesus be God, but still feel separated from God at the same time. So that is deeper than any emotion that we can ever feel. So you remind yourself that God understands your situation better than you. And then the last one is don't be afraid to speak up and Sam, maybe you want to speak to this. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to walk alongside people. Yeah. I think you're so right, Josh. Isolation is what's going to keep you in this in this rut, um, struggling, and um, bringing this into the light is what's going to help you. Because the Bible says, "Bear one another's burdens," um, and it also says, "Those who are strong bear with those who are weak." And it's okay to be weak. I think that's the thing we need to tell people: is there have been moments where I have been so weak that I have had to completely rely on other people's 
um, relationship with God because I just needed them to tell me the truth. I needed them to tell me this good stuff. And that's the role of us as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's to say, it's to be okay saying to someone, hey, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm battling. I'm struggling. I'm wrestling with God. And I need you to just, you know, put in, I need to put my arm around you and I need to put some weight on you. And I need you to help me walk through this because I can't, I can't bear my own weight right now. I've got a limp. And that's something that we really need to do better in the church is um, to be okay with being weak, to be okay with not being okay, um, showing people the reality of how we're doing and then not judging people when they're battling. Exactly. Because that's the role of the body of Christ is to bear each other's burdens. Yeah. And to, to point it out in others, you know, the whole idea of asking someone if they're okay. It's good. You know, that's huge. Yeah. And in the church, why should it be any different? Mm. Ask someone if they're actually okay. Yeah. And so we hope this episode has been refreshing for your soul. Mm. We hope this episode has ministered to your spirit as it has to ours. I know just by researching this and thinking about this, I've grown closer to God and my walk has Mm. been, has been changed. But really, we want to urge you to know the truth. The truth is that God loves you and nothing can separate him, you, from his love. Remember the studies and devotions, guys. You can check all this out on version, as well as a link in the description of this to check out the devotions and, and the studies as well. So thank you so much for listening. And remember, renewal in our generation must start with the renewal of our hearts. <laughs>